Hi there, you're listening to the Personal Revolutions podcast with me, Ollie Anderson, author of the book Personal Revolutions, a short course in realness. This is episode number eight, I do believe, of this regular series of podcasts that I've started where I'm basically going to be talking about realness in a real way, eventually bringing on real people to do the same thing with me, uh, diving into the human experience, breaking it down, trying to figure out what this whole reality business is all about so that we can basically live better lives, flow more, feel good about ourselves, not bring all this unnecessary friction and these negative thoughts and bullshit kind of chatter that kind of plagues our days sometimes. And basically just getting on with crushing life, doing the things that we need to do and feeling good about things in general. Um, What am I gonna talk about this podcast or this episode? Not really sure to be honest. I do have kind of a loose idea. This seems to be a regular theme. I think now that I'm doing this weekly, I keep finding myself waiting until the very last minute to choose a topic. And then I put some pressure on myself and I dive in and something always comes out of my mouth. It's usually a ramble. Um, What am I gonna ramble about today? That is the question, right? I suppose I should answer it with the loose idea that I found myself thinking about. It's a big topic. I don't know if I can cover it in 30 minutes, um, but I'm going to try. Basically, what I've been thinking about talking about is the truth. Wow, that's a big topic, right? The truth. What does that even mean? I think that's what I want to talk about. Like, what does that mean? We live in a world where so many people think they have the truth. Me included, sometimes. Everybody, really. But we don't really think about what that actually means and then people get all postmodern and they say well nobody really has the truth nobody can really understand reality because um, everybody's looking at it from their own subjective experience and yada 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 and it's all just a cacophony of kind of noise and a lot of bullshit that some may say I'm contributing towards and people just get more and more confused because Some either think they have the truth completely or others seem to think that nobody has the truth, therefore nothing really matters, everything is relative and they can do what they want and we can kind of bring all this kind of symbolic confusion into our lives and basically just um, take ourselves away from our own nature, from nature itself, from reality and as you know, if you've listened to the other podcasts or you've seen my tweets or you read the book well reality really is the only place where anything can happen so if this conceptual confusion about truth itself is removing us from reality then we may want to think about doing something about it in our own lives so where to start with the truth there's a couple of things that come to mind right like the first one is that sometimes you hear people say Anybody that claims to have the truth is trying to sell you something. Or never trust anybody who claims to have the truth. And I think that is very true to some extent. I think the ego that I've mentioned in every other podcast before this one, and I'll probably mention in this one, the ego seeks short-term solutions. It seeks magic bullets. It seeks control, closure, All of the conceptual stuff 
that I've mentioned, particularly in episode four of this podcast series, which was about forgiveness. If you're lost in the ego, you kind of want the truth because you want to explain things, but you only want a very specific kind of truth. You want conceptual truth, narrative truth, something that you can construct to kind of explain away all of the things that you don't want to know about life or you don't want to face about yourself and create a neat little bubble in which to live so that you don't really have to kind of grow in any real sense. So that seems to be probably the most popular kind of truth for the ego, which is ultimately just a rationalization. You know, that's all the ego really does. It rationalizes to keep itself in place so that we don't become real and kind of grow out of it. Now, it's not like a living thing. It's, it's basically, as I've said many times before, it's the opposite of life. It's the most untrue of all things. It's static. It's an illusion. It's nothing. It's literally nothing. It's just something we believe is there because we believe we are it. And it causes all this, this trouble in our life. So that is one kind of truth that seems to be out there. People rationalizing, people trying to explain their intentions, the fear, pride, and desire of the ego basically being used as a platform for truth, for people to deliver their opinions, their interpretations, and to treat them as facts. But if you're only doing it because it's designed to keep the ego in place, then it's not truth in any way, shape, or form. Because anything that basically is rooted in the ego is it's an illusion. An illusion is always the opposite of truth. So why am I talking about truth anyway? Like, what is the point in kind of exploring this topic? You know, one of the biggest topics in the world. Well, this whole podcast, this whole series, this whole book, Personal Revolutions, is about living with reality so that you can flow into your life. As I've said at the, the intro to this, uh, this episode. But you can only do that if you're prepared to value the truth, the true truth, not the ego's truth. So really, one of the problems with being human, if we're stuck in the ego, is that we avoid the truth, which means that we also avoid life. There's a saying, right, from Christianity or somewhere, the truth will set you free. I think that is true. But what will it set you free from? Well, it sets you free from the ego, right? It sets you free from all the the interpretive stress and strife that you bring into your life. Because you're just putting the monkey mind in the front seat and thinking that these black and white, up and down, left, right, binary interpretations that you bring into your life are life itself. I think the actual saying should be, the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off or it'll make you miserable. Because the truth, it's not something that we can grasp completely. All the things I've said about reality really apply to truth. The story I told about the blind man and the elephant in episode four, it's the same thing, right? Like most others seem to have the ego in the front seat. 
because it gives us security. There's nothing wrong with that, really. I suppose it's understandable. I'm not judging that. But if you do that, then you think that your interpretations at the end of the line, you forget that there is a kind of consensual truth that we all share. It's beyond individual interpretation. It's something that unites all of us. It's the wholeness that I've mentioned before. It's the flux of reality. All that kind of stuff is true. But you can't grasp it in concepts because concepts, as I've said so many times, are assigned to reality, not reality itself. So if you're trying to get out of your ego and trying to get into the truth, it means that eventually you're going to have to let go of concepts to some extent. You can use them to guide you into the truth, but because they're limited from day one, they're never going to give you the whole of the truth. The whole of the truth is something that you have to experience, something that you have to feel, something that you have to embrace, something that you have to flow with. And, you know, you can see it when you're truly connected to life, peak experiences, like I've mentioned before. All of that stuff is a direction to moving, and you can always go deeper into it. And if you're attached to the ego, the deeper into it you go, then the more it, the truth will set you free, but the more it will piss you off as well, if you're trying to cling to those illusions, aka the ego. So, I guess that's a brief overview of how I see this idea of truth. Basically, what's true for one of us is true for all of us. We're all looking at the same stars in the sky, but we're all giving them different names based on where we've been in our own life and the interpretations that we've carried over from the past, the things we've learned conceptually, things we've been through, we're trying to hide from ourselves. But why does this serve to make us more real? Like, why does knowing this have any kind of impact on our life, right? It sounds nice, I suppose, saying that, you know, we all share this, this truth, we can go deeper into it, and it's going to set us free if we can ride through our edge and break out of the conceptual prison of the ego and stay out in the light long enough to kind of uh, feel its warmth, all that kind of stuff. But how do you even do that? So... This is why, in this whole book, Personal Revolutions, and a book I've got coming out soon, it's going to be a free ebook. Uh, check out dialogueschool.org for more info on that. Um, all of life and the way that we feel life, or the amount of life we feel flowing through us, and the interactions that we share with others, and their quality, and the relationships that we have with the rest of the world, because life isn't about things, it's about relationship at the end of the day. All of that stuff ultimately comes back to the way that we communicate with ourselves. Actually, yeah, it comes back to the way that we communicate with ourselves, which allows us to communicate better with others if we're actually listening to who we are. And then we can have better relationships with the world. We can listen to the things around us more, including things that aren't even living, like... Uh, things that are in the universe, not in a kind of mystical way, just as been more aware of what's going on. So if we can do that, then we will align ourselves more closely to the truth. But in order to be able to communicate with ourselves better, or more 
in a more real way, we have to kind of be aware of the way that the ego holds us back from the truth. The reason that we put the ego there in the first place, the ways in which um, the ego affects the way that we communicate with other people. And basically, once we understand this, I think it puts the whole of the world into perspective. You can see what's kind of going on. And I think to really understand it, you have to kind of come back or bring yourself back to something that I've mentioned kind of a few times in these podcasts, which is the idea of shame. Now, shame and guilt, those two things are basically how shame, guilt and fear. Let's say shame, guilt and fear. Those three things affect our whole lives. They define the edge that we find ourselves on. And you need to grow through that edge to grow real. But if these three things, shame, guilt, and fear, are holding you back, then they're holding you back from the truth in the way that we've spoken about. And you're not going to be able to move forward with life. You're going to be locked inside your ego. And it's going to just get worse and worse because the more you cling to the ego and the more reality changes, the more friction you bring into yourself, the more fragmented you become. And in general, the more miserable you feel. If you want to check out my thoughts on that a bit more, listen to the last episode of this podcast. So, shame. Why does this have anything to do with our relationship to the truth? All right. Well, for whatever reason, I think most of us reach adulthood with some shame about who we are. You know, you might have got it from your parents because you didn't become a banker like they wanted you to be. Or you might have got it from a teacher back at school who thought you were an idiot. It might be from, I don't know, some girl who broke up with you 20 years ago and now you're worried about the way you look or the way you feel you should be or whatever it may be. Shame creates this kind of need within us to put the ego in place. Because if you're ashamed of your real self, you put the ego out there to kind of mask this real self that you feel ashamed of from the rest of the world. So that basically means that if we're only ever trying to maintain that illusory self instead of working through this shame and getting to the level of accepting ourselves, then nothing we really say will be true when we're interacting with other people because we'll be interacting from... The, the foundation of the ego, the illusory foundation of the ego, not the real foundation of who we are in reality and in truth. Guilt kind of makes this more complicated because I think guilt is something that is ultimately the most useless of emotions. I really believe it's useless because shame comes from the inside out. So we put that there in a sense to kind of protect ourselves. I suppose there could be an argument where sometimes that serves to help us modify our behavior for the better, to make us better people, to make us more caring, compassionate, as long as that shame doesn't become toxic and we keep feeling it for the rest of our lives and it basically affects the way that we do anything. Guilt is kind of fucked up because it only really comes from outside of you. It's because It comes from the, the expectations of other people. You know, you should be like this, you should be like that. It comes from um, assumptions about how the world ought to be, not how it actually is. 
usually based on the shame that other people are feeling that they're trying to hide from themselves. Basically, it all boils down to shame. If you feel ashamed of yourself at some level, then you're not going to accept yourself. And if you don't accept yourself, you're not going to be able to accept your potential and you're not going to be able to move into your real self as you keep growing and making your values valuable to other people and all the stuff that we've mentioned many, many times before. Fear holds you back from the truth and the pride and desire of the ego. But I'm talking about fear here. Fear holds you back because it's it stops you from pushing through. Pushing through what? Through the assumptions that other people are trying to impose on you, the expectations, the fear that, you know, the ego you've become used to is going to protect you in some way. So you're, you become afraid of letting go of it. It's all about being afraid to grow through that discomfort that made us put the ego there in the first place. And this affects our whole relationship with the truth on every single level, from the most particular level of who we are as individuals in time and space, because it affects our relationships with ourselves. It stops us from being honest with ourselves. It stops us from looking at ourselves in a real way. It stops us from kind of testing ourselves to find out the truth, because we become so reliant on the ego and the little bubble that we built for ourselves to stop us having to face our own shame, that we just don't look inwards. We're always looking outside ourselves. We're looking, you know, for happiness in, you know, the, the next iPhone or whatever it may be. And we're getting upset about external things that we can't really control because we don't want to look inside ourselves and see the truth about how much power we actually have. So if you can't, face the truth about yourself, how can you expect to face the truth of anything else? It's crazy. It's why people become neurotic. It's why people get angry and rageful about shit that doesn't really matter. Because they're just clinging on to this illusion. And all the while, their re your real self doesn't go anywhere. If you, You've got the ego, okay, that's great. But you're not the ego. The ego is nothing. It's an illusion. So if you're in that state... Your real self just continues to kind of bubble along beneath the surface, trying to find an outlet for itself. And the more you cling to the ego, the more likely it is that you're just going to self-destruct. You know, you might drink yourself after death or you might start doing crazy things. I don't know what they may be, but whatever it is, it's going to be self-destructive because it's your real self trying to get the ego out so you can face the truth about yourself. But anyway, yeah, if you can't face the truth about yourself, that's going to affect your relationships with other people because you'll be trying to maintain the role or the idea about yourself that the ego has put in place. And seeing as in our interactions or communications with others, that basically boils down to our opinions about ourselves and the world, then we'll basically get lost in this way of communicating that I call in the book debate, where Basically, as this guy David Bohm said, the physicist, we see our opinions not as something that we have, but something that we are. We think that story, that interpretation, is us. And so we just become very defensive about it because we don't want anybody to kind of give us any proof that we may be wrong. 
because that means we're going to have to finally face the truth about ourselves. The fact that we can't control everything, that we're hurtling towards death, that life is one problem after another, that nobody's perfect, that we're fallible. All this stuff is what the ego doesn't want us to face because it triggers the shame that we've been trying to hide from ourselves, which is keeping us from the truth in the first place. If you can't interact with other people on a one-to-one basis, then you can't expect to interact with people on a, a bigger basis, like as teams or societies or organizations or whatever it may be. And it's basically going to affect your relationship with the whole of the world around you. And it all stems from your relationship with yourself. I don't know who said it, but somebody said, we don't see the world as it is, but as we are. And I think that explains a phenomenon that many people seem to have reported that I've spoken to, even just over the last few week, weeks, I've heard people say this, that, you know, when they've been working out or meditating or something, they feel a lot happier. And it seems like the whole of the world is smiling at them. And then when they're not, you know, when they're feeling sluggish and slow and fragmented within themselves, then everybody basically looks like they want to kill them or maybe that's a bit extreme, but everyone looks a bit disgruntled and the world becomes a cold, cold place. And that's something that really is true, if I want to use that word in this podcast. It's something that seems true in my life. The fact that the more open you become to the world, the more it opens itself to you. But if you're scared of yourself and you put the ego in place and you basically put all your energy into defending that and the points of view that are going to help you maintain that illusion and feel a sense of illusory control. If you spend all your time doing that, then you're not going to be able to see the world in an open way. You're going to be closed down because to close yourself down is a, it is a byproduct of denying the truth. I've said so many times, like all of this stuff, being real, growing real, living real, anything real, <laughs> is about being an authentic human being, which means that we have to acknowledge our authentic nature. We have to act on what's real within us. And that means that we're active, that we're going to make mistakes, all the stuff I said a few minutes ago, but mainly that we keep moving forward. The only thing that stops us moving forward, <clears throat> excuse me, is the illusions that we carry about ourselves. So if you deny the truth, you just become more and more closed down because the more you try and cling to that truth, the narrower your view becomes and the more kind of vehement you become about your need to hold on to it. So how can we make this practical? Like, how does this have anything really to do with living a good life or being real and just growing in the way that we need to, to be actually fulfilled or even almost happy? Well, it comes back to some of the stuff I've said already. You know, the David Bohm quote I just mentioned, our opinions aren't something that we are, but something that we have. I've said in a previous podcast, I think that if you can accept that, then it allows you to step back from all the other conceptual or transitory things in your experience and just observe them. You know, the, the meditation thing, right? But I'm not talking about being so open-minded that our, our brains fall out. I'm not talking about being so 
you know, blissed out all the time that we don't live life. You know, if, if you read the book, or if you've got the book, check out 146, which is about passion over peace. I think a lot of this stuff about being mindful and all that stuff, basically, it takes you too far because it basically asks us to leave life as though that's some kind of virtue. It's not. Living is virtuous in itself if it's a real life. Feeling peaceful is good, but it's not the end of the line. You want to be able to do things with bliss because you love doing them, but you don't want to escape from the truth through like meditation and all that stuff because it's easier to, to just convince yourself that you found peace instead of going out and doing things. So I'm rambling a bit. I suppose I said I would. I was expecting to. I've been preparing to ramble all week. But if you want to improve your life, the best way to do it, as we said, is to acknowledge the reality of who you are, design a process of making your values valuable to others, dedicating yourself to the real action, being aware of the ego, putting it in the backseat, testing your assumptions about life, not in a way that makes you go mad, but just making sure that you, know, you have real reasons for doing what you're doing. But I think the most important thing that any of us can do is to value the truth more than anything. But that obviously comes with a lot of kind of caveats. We can't just say we have the truth. We have to value it so much that we'll ride out the potential pain that comes along the way to uncovering it. We have to find the strength to be kind of honest enough with ourselves, to be real enough to keep uncovering the truth, even when we may not want to. But we have to have the kind of faith in ourselves and faith in the world to some extent that whatever truth we do find, we can use to get rid of the illusions that are stopping us growing real, stopping us from reaching out to the world around us, stopping us from communicating with everything in the whole universe from the level of ourselves upwards and basically flowing in the way that we've spoken about. If you want to get real about anything, you have to get true about it. You have to realize that a lot of the things that we walk around trying to show the world that we've uncovered to be actual facts are only interpretations. That doesn't mean that you walk around saying, oh, well, yes, that's just your interpretation to the things that you disagree with. That's the opposite of what we're talking about. Just because everything is an interpretation doesn't mean that some interpretations aren't more true than others. But the onus is on us as individuals to find out which interpretations are true and which interpretations have come from the illusions of the ego. If we can do that, then our lives will always be real, or as real as they can be. We'll be present, because where else is the truth going to be found? But we won't be present in an escapist way. We'll be using that presence to create a true, real direction for us to keep moving in, so that we can keep growing, keep loving, keep being, keep doing all the things that need to be done for us to make ourselves more real and to bring the world around. I'm going to stop there. That was my little rant about the truth. Really uh, 
appreciate anybody who managed to make it all the way through. Uh, I suppose I'll appreciate the people who didn't, but um, they won't be here to, here to uh, receive such appreciation. Um, what do I want to say at the end of this podcast? Um, there's a new version of the book online. It's not a new version of the book. It's a new online version of the book where you can kind of go through it and store all your answers to the self-guidance questions in there. That's at go.personalrevolutionstoolkit.com. Um, I'll leave a link in the blurb for this podcast. Um, that's really it. I'm feeling very chilled out today. It's been a pretty chill day, chill weekend. Um, thanks so much for listening and keep valuing the truth in your own life and see how it works out. Thanks very much and see you later.